0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Motorsport podcast. I'm Ed Foster and I'm joined by Features Editor Simon Aaron, audio guru Alan Hyde and Gilles Ferran. Very warm welcome. Good uh,
1: morning, I guess. Yeah? Yes, Good morning. Yeah. Thank uh, you for having me.
0: Not at all. Not at all. It's an absolute pleasure. So, We're gonna sort of meander through your career. We've got reader's questions. Um, For those that that don't know, there won't be many of them, but 1992 British Formula 3 champion, twice kart champion, Indy 500 winner, um, a winner in sports cars. And I'm gonna nick a fact from Simon Aaron here. I think probably one of the only racing drivers who won their last race, retired, came back, won their last race, and retired. (laughs) 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 It's unlike Simon to come up with a lesser-known fact. A lot
2: lot of guys, I mean, Jackie Stewart was one of your mentors. He retired right to the top. I mean, you did it twice.
1: Yeah, well, it's uh, funny, you know, when I uh, retired the first time, uh, I called Jackie, you know. So Jackie just uh, wanted to let you know that, uh, you know, that's it. I'm going to stop. He's like... Yeah, a second of silence he, he goes how old are you so, i'm 35 he goes yeah you lasted one more year than i did <laughs> <laughs> so. now to to
0: sort of kick things off i wanted to rewind right back to your your early days yeah. um and they were obviously you, you were, went carting and you worked on your car kind of in the evening something like that yeah. where did the love of motorsport come from
1: um i came from a uh, call it a family of uh, liberal professionals, you know. So, uh, you know, my my grandfather was a doctor. You know, my uncle was a doctor. I had another uncle who was a geologist. The other one was a, a uh, economist. And um, but my dad was an engineer. You know, my uh, I had another uncle who was an engineer. Uh, actually, they both worked for a Ford Motor Company. And uh, and I think everyone. Even my grandfather, I remember, you know, going around Sao Paulo on the back of his motorbike when I was, you know, whatever, was six, seven years old at a million miles an hour, <laughs> you know, so I guess everybody loved uh, cars and bikes and engines and vehicles and so on. So at home, we didn't really talk about football or politics um so the the culture was all about cars racing engines mechanical things and so on and so forth and that, that's the culture i i grew up uh, in and i guess from a, a young age as as early as i can remember i was either playing with cars or pretending that i was driving or pretending that i was building a car or or building a car, <laughs> uh, doing that kind of thing.
2: Because I guess I mean, when you were six or seven years old, as well, Emerson Fittipaldi was just starting to make yeah. a, a name for himself. I mean, was yeah. that was that was that was that an inspiration as well? Or?
1: Yeah. Well, look, uh, I guess this you know my memory is a bit so. Like so. <laughs> <Yeah. yeah. laughs> a bit so 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 it's hard for me to remember exactly how I felt when I was that age. You know uh but i do remember you know uh the family sort of gathering around and and watching uh formula 1 races you know uh as i became a little bit older obviously uh, uh became a little bit more aware of uh of emerson you know and and what he was doing in in formula 1 and certainly um when i got to whatever 11 you know 9 10 11 years old you know that my ability to read and and retain information <laughs> increased uh you know you start to sort of consume a lot more uh, a lot more information you know and that's that was the late 70s that one uncle that I had was uh, uh, he was always into into racing you know in in brazil and uh i remember going to a few races and stuff so you know i slowly sort of got introduced and inserted into into the into the sport and i i wanted to to race i think it was whatever 9 yeah, i think it was like 11 years old but uh, i don't know maybe uh, i don't think we had the means you know i don't remember I- exactly you know my my father's uh, career was still in the beginning you know uh we were a young uh family but uh, yeah, I, I, I remember late 70s, early early 80s, being, being glued to the TV. Um, I
0: got told off last time for not asking enough readers' questions. Um, yeah. So I'm just gonna go straight <laughs> go in <there> ahead. <laughs> and, and actually <laughs> ask some. Um, it's, a, it's a fool who gets told off twice. Uh, so this one's from Wayne Pearson, and obviously we're talking about your early career. And he wants to know just how tough were the 1988 and 89 UK Formula Ford 1600 championships. Um, And who was your biggest rival?
1: Well, you're jumping forward quite a few years. Yeah, no, Well, we've got I've got pages and
0: pages here of questions. Uh,
1: Yeah, well, it was uh, very, very tough, you know, particularly 88. uh, It was very difficult. Um, Not just difficult on the track, you know, it was just difficult in every way that you can uh, imagine, including uh, psychologically uh, difficult, you know, I mean, uh, but this you know late 80s you know i was in my late teens um you know i won the brazilian formula 4 championship in 87 you know uh we middle class family you know i had a car a whole bunch of friends you know i was uh going to university at the same time uh girlfriend you know uh my life was good, <laughs> you know, even though I probably didn't realize it at the time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I had a I had a good life, you know, and uh, and uh, after I won the, the Brazilian championship, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna try uh, a career in sports because quite frankly, up until then, uh, like I said, because I guess of my family background and, and uh, so on, a career in sports wasn't really, you know, Call it the done thing, you know. It's like okay, you get your education and you get a job and you know, and work your way up. And um, so I was actually torn, you know, whether do I finish my education, do I take a chance at uh, at uh, trying to become a, a racing driver and hopefully reach Formula One, you know, uh, what do I do? Um, anyway. at the time in brazil i don't know if you can still do that i don't know if you can do that in england but you could call it interrupt your studies you know i guess you can call it here take a gap here um so i was in the third year of uh, my university studies i i interrupted my my studies i had two more years to go and um, and i raised enough sponsorship from the people that were supporting me in Brazil and uh and i took off over here so i landed over here uh you know i rented a uh, a room in a <laughs> in a family home you know i guess a bed and breakfast uh in silverstone village you know i had no car uh but i didn't know anyone <laughs> uh and you know uh, in a foreign country my uh, language skills are uh you know a lot worse than they are today And um, so it was. It was. It was difficult. You know. Uh, I came in. You know, thinking I was the bee's knees. You know, and uh, the the car was. uh, You know, I was used to driving slick tires. Now I'm driving it back to uh, treaded tires. Uh, You know, in Brazil, I was uh, in a team. They had a completely different feel you know the guy they owned the team in fact to this day he's uh, uh, he's a great friend of mine and uh, he was a great mentor to me you know he really helped me develop as a person as a driver and so on and i arrived here it's like okay here's the car you know <laughs> go and do your thing there's your engine <laughs> you know and um, and the first year was a disaster uh, really that's the best way to put it um the you know i was uh, uh seriously depressed to be quite honest <laughs> you know uh the the uh, uh the car was not uh competitive uh i was you know in this very negative mood you know crashing all the time uh going way over and above my my head and doing crazy uh crazy things in the car which is i guess is a formula Ford 1600 thing to do they're, they're all crazy i mean <laughs> yeah exactly and uh you know the second half of the year we got a different engine and um and uh started doing a little bit better you know but uh you know the year was kind of long gone by then you know uh so that that was a very difficult um first year in uh first year in in england you know and and Quite frankly, if it wasn't for the last race of the year, that was probably the last you would have heard of me. <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, I I had the opportunity to do the Formula 4 festival in 88, um, but quite frankly, I didn't see the point. I'm like, I've been trashed all year, why do I want to get trashed again, you know? um and one of my sponsors actually was a german company uh Sachs, believe it or not and it's a german uh gentleman who uh came uh, he was working in Sachs in brazil um gave me i think it was you know whatever 1500 pounds or something like that and uh i was able to use that uh, uh sponsorship to enter the last round of the British Formula Three Championship in 1988, in a Class B car, you know, um, and uh, and 88 was a uh, was I mean there were like 40 cars or 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 something like that, and um, that race uh, I don't, and I felt immediately at home, you know, the car was competitive. Um, and uh I remember I did a test in Snatterton prior to the race and I was kinda on the pace and I'm like, Yeah, I can do this, you know. <laughs> and then we went to the Fota test in Silverstone and it was wet, you know, and uh they kept me at the time there's no radio, right? So they gave you boards. Um so the board was like P one, P two, P three, P two. And I came in. and I'm like, ah, oh, it's going okay. So that's in Class B. And I was like, overall, you know, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then uh, we went to the weekend, and uh, you know, I I qualified uh, uh, on pole position for the Class B uh, uh, race, and that was, I think, eleventh overall. I I beat David Brabham uh, to the pole. Um, and uh which who, who would have won literally i think every single race uh in class b that year and uh we clashed on the on the first lap in and, and stole uh i spun you know did a, like a 360 somehow didn't hit anything or didn't get hit fell to last and then came back and and finished uh, second uh behind david and uh so that race really kind of changed my year you know uh, it's, it's because of that race i ended up meeting uh, uh rick Horn and uh and adrian reynard you know who then became very instrumental in uh in the rest of my career and that propelled me into 89 which i wanted to do Formula three but didn't quite have the f- the funding um to do Formula three and um Ended up, uh, you know, driving for the Reynard kind of a factory uh, team, um, and, uh, and '89 was a was a much better year. You know, we had the a competitive engine, competitive car, uh, good team, and uh, I won. Uh, I won quite a lot of races. You know, uh, this, you're talking about rivals at that time. Uh, Jesus, uh, there's some uh really uh good drivers between 88 and 89 uh suspiri higgins you know um in 89 you know nico was uh the works van diemen driver uh dave coin <laughs> uh, to be fair dave
2: Coyne had been there been there since about yeah. 1979 but you know
1: but actually it's interesting right i think it's formula 3 now that you can only do so many years uh, yeah, now the they, yeah you you're three not three allowed years. to do so many yeah. and I actually appreciated racing against a guy like him, you know Um Because he was mm. so good at what he did, you know, uh, you know, make sure to your points of uh, incredible talented he mm. he was very talented and uh, And expedience and cunningness and you know all of that that to beat him, you know, it was a very, very difficult task <laughs> um, and, uh, and it was good for my development, you know, um, very good to, to race against people like that. Well, Wayne, I think that is the most
0: comprehensive answer <laughs> we have ever had on a motorsport oh, podcast. Well, you so said we have plenty of time. Yeah, so if, there I you get, go. if I get more complaints about, about Reader's questions, then uh, I don't know what to do. Um, there was—I d- I read something that about that time you also met Ayrton Senna for the first time, and I th- t- he was sort of—I think—in your own words, he was—he was a god to you. At, yeah, at I mean,
1: Ayrton—I actually met Ayrton before. I met Ayrton when I was still back in Brazil in you know, in '86, I think, or or eighty five he was he was uh you know first second year of, of Formula One. Um and I was I uh, was karting, you know. Uh his reputation in the karting world was incredible, you know, he was already a, a, a god, you know, even even um even when he was just uh karting, you know, even before his career uh went on to um to what he did. And uh, and I met him when I when I started doing well in cars and everything. I I I started training and I I uh, I uh, was being trained by the same trainer as uh, as uh, as Ayrton, um, who was a fantastic man actually. And he, you know, it, uh, through him and actually through my father, because Ayrton. Was being helped by Ford uh, also at the time, um, and uh, so I met him, you know, and uh, just had a couple of conversations with him. Um, um, he helped actually o- also helped on the introduction with uh, with um, uh, Ralph Furman uh, to get uh, to get me to come here. So at least uh, I was not completely unknown to to Ralph. Um, also, Mauricio Sandro Salo yeah. you probably remember. Uh, he was a friend of my uncle, so the uncle that I had was raised with uh, Mauricio in uh, in Brazil. He also helped uh, with the uh, uh, with the introduction, and that's the first time uh, really I met uh, I met Ayrton, who was actually he told me one thing that I'll never forget. You know, said you need to get yourself in a, in a position that the responsibility is on you. You know. I'm like, hmm, good, and you know, and over the years, that always kind of stayed with me.
0: It's um, it was about this time that you also you got introduced to the, to, uh, to Jackie Stewart and the Staircase of yeah. Talent. and am I right in thinking that I mean they were obviously a hugely influential force in your career, the Stewarts, and I think you're still obviously still friends with them to this yeah. day. Um that that was obviously a big. Kind of a big. You look at big turning points in your career. Yeah, no,
1: I mean my career was actually made of turning points <laughs> like this. You know, being being that uh, uh, Formula Three uh, race in in Silverstone, and um, or, or my uh, association with with Jackie and Paul and the whole uh, Stewart family, who you know, I guess through them I met my wife. You know, and uh, and um, you know we're still very. Uh, uh, good friends uh i'm proud to uh i'm proud to, to say so yeah it was you know look the story there was in in the end of 89 um i i think I f- there were two formula four championships there was the like the so and the rec and uh, i think i finished th- third in in both of them and jackie was just launching the staircase of talent you know with paul and uh, Posture Racing was originally primarily set up for Paul and then they expanded to, to two cars and uh, they were doing Formula 3. And then uh, they had these plans to create uh, the Staircase of Talent which eventually became Stuart Grand Prix. Um, and uh, and I guess uh, they were, Jack and Paul were running a test in Dorrington Park at the end of '89, the the season finished and all that, and uh, they were running a whole, uh, a lot of different guys. I don't remember who was there uh, exactly. Like I said, my memory is uh, sometimes not very good. Um, and um, and we went to the the tests. Uh, the tests went really well i broke jackie's own lap record in in post from a 42 liter uh car and uh and that was the the beginning of it all and and jackie you know this there's, there's a few people that really make an impact in in your life you know uh my my own family you know this guy that i was saying in, in brazil um, and i think next uh for sure as i was walking through life you know jackie was Hugely influential in the way I developed this again as a person and as a driver. Mm. So, sorry, Simon, on you go. Yeah,
2: I was going to say, one of the things that's always. I I think I first met you when you were in Formula 3, but just before that, you raced in Opal Lotus, Vauxhall Lotus with Paul Stewart Racing alongside David Coulthard. Yeah. And the thing that always struck me about you two is that. I always find it interesting watching because you were actually clearly mates. You're in the same team. Yeah. You're doing this, you've yeah. got the same ambitions. Yeah. But I mean, I'd sit and chat to the pair of you in the paddock, all you know, throughout from Vauxhall Lotus to F3 3000. Yeah. And you'd, I'd just sit and listen to you, you know, sometimes rival teams, sometimes the same team, sharing information, chatting. And I thought, why can't everybody be like this? <laughs> you know? I mean, the, 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 the rest of motor racing was so sort of, you know, selfish. And ind- but the two of you, you formed a real bond, which is actually quite unusual. Between rival, you know, rivals who might one day have to kind of, you know, muscle the other one out of a seat somewhere.
1: Yeah, don't get me wrong, we clashed a lot of times on the track, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and then I'm sure he got pissed off with me a few times, and uh, and vice versa, you know. Uh, But look, I mean, uh, you know, David, I mean, it's it's really hard not to like the guy, you know. is is a is a great uh person and and frankly we struck a uh, friendship right off right off the right off the bat you know and and i think there's a few factors uh to that and you know one is uh, I, I just mentioned and and two actually one of the kind of lessons i guess or maturing that i am going through this phase in in 88 or or something like that it's just you know I don't like wasting energy with negative thoughts <laughs> you know uh and and feeling negative about people in the world you know that it's just is not uh productive for me so i've i've over the years i learned to be m- more open more uh i don't know i guess you know uh, wanting to strike a always a a positive uh, a relationship with uh, people i find that better for me and usually it's better for the other person and uh, uh you know combine that with the fact that uh, dc is a great guy uh it, we and we were together all the time because you know at the time to go to do the championship in europe for example we used to drive together everywhere uh we used to share rooms and so we were spending a lot of time together and uh and uh, clearly liked each other and uh, the friendship lasts to this day.
2: It's just one of the things that, one of the quirky things that struck me. I think it was in the Padget and Apoguza in '93. I think yeah. DC was at the front and you were struggling a bit. Yeah. And I was having some lunch with him. We were just chatting, and you appeared out of nowhere and sat down and joined us and said, C- "Can you give me a few tips?" Thought, <laughs> and, he, and he did. <laughs> and you won the race the following year. So yeah. you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's you know, um you know, it's interesting, right? Uh, Uh, people uh, you know in the end of the day we are actually competing right Uh, we're all uh, competitive people we all want to do well and so on and so forth and people say well you know there's two ways to become a winner you know you either uh, push yourself forward or you push everybody else back Um, and uh, you know different people and different drivers I think you know they are they they use both uh, things to uh, different uh, different degrees you know um i my like i said i always found more productive to be on the let's focus on making me better rather than focusing on on making uh, everybody else uh, uh worse and um and I guess that's how we related to each other uh, from from the beginning. Talking of David Coulthard,
0: uh, it sort of neatly brings me on to a, another bit that I wanted to talk about, um, the Formula One tests. And end of 92, you, you winning the British Formula Three Championship, you tested with Williams. And we've got a question here um, from Ben Johnson uh, t- saying you test drove an active Williams. What was it like? Did the active suspension give that delayed response on turning that Mansell could drive around?
1: I just remember the thing being stupidly fast. <laughs> 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 I remember this. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it was. Uh, I mean, it was. It was. Uh, it was. It was a. It was an interesting test. Um, you know, uh, up until then, I've only driven Formula Three cars, which at the time was just about two hundred horsepower, is a little bit less. You know, uh, so they were not. You know s- they're very fast around the corners but th- they didn't have a a huge amount of power so the next thing was to jump in a formula three now i think it's much more powerful actually um so here am i gonna jump in a um in a, in a formula one car and um so I think it, what we did was I said, well, look, you know, I said to Jack and Paul, can I do a test in the 3,000 car before I I go drive a Formula 1? Because then I would have gone from whatever, 180 to Formula 3,000 car at the time, like 550. F- yes, no, yes, no, the, the more minimum, than that, they're yeah. about 550. And then on to 850 or 900, you know, so <laughs> a stepping stone. And... uh and interesting the formula three car you know i i i i don't know it just it, f- it felt like an extension of uh of my body you know I, I i felt like i could do anything with the car um and um so went to silverstone to drive the 3000 car which was i remember sitting in the cockpit and one wheel is like over there, and the other wheel is over there. everything is big <laughs> uh and I'm like wow, this is it felt um yeah, I wasn't as as at one with the car as uh, as I was with uh the formula three car um and but the day went on, and I became more uh became a little bit more more comfortable and uh, um. But I guess I still wasn't quite used to the width of the car. <laughs> so in the last corner in Silverstone, uh, I can't remember what that's called. Woodkid? Uh, no, the one before that, the little right-hander. Uh, it was Priory, L- wasn't it? Yeah. Was it was something like, like but that. But yeah. at the time, instead of being this long right-hander, uh, it was two little right-handers with a curb on the right that came from the other side of the circuit that used to come from, uh, from bridge. Um, anyway, so you go through the two right-handers and you look into the right, (laughs) and I remember going, uh, and in between the two, you know, I ran a little bit too far to the, to the left uh, before I turned in and climbed over the curb, which at the time curbs didn't look like they do today and the car just went boink and went straight on it hit the wall <laughs> 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 and I went, ah. that was that was dumb the problem was <laughs> the problem was that as as i hit the wall um instead of letting the um steering go because i literally just went straight and went Doomp! um i was holding on to the steering and uh and hurt my wrist for the like 50 millionth time um and I think the Formula One test was like if three or four days later. I don't remember exactly. I know it was on my birthday. Um, and uh, it was difficult because my wrist was hurting. The car was tiny. You know, so you're sitting there like, ugh. Oh. They, they, they cut the
0: monocoque, I think, didn't huh? they? They, cut, they actually cut some extra space for you. Well, no.
1: The, the, the uh, What happened was I, I did a sit f- seat uh, fit in... Um, in Williams, uh, at Williams, right, or in, in or at, 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 Williams. at Williams, with, Williams. Yeah with, with Williams, Williams, yeah, with Williams, yeah. And uh, so went over there, and and they used the the carbon shells, and they weren't gonna make a new carbon shell for me, so I was either gonna use uh, Ricardo's seat, Damon's seat, or Nigel's seat, and you know the pedals you know is want to be one of the three because Formula one cars they don't have a ad- adjustable anything right it's is uh, they make new bits to perfectly fit that one driver to save weight mostly and gain stiffness and so on uh same thing with the steering wheel and uh and i try to make a combination of the three uh work but to be honest i was very you know I felt like a, f- I don't know, uh, um, in a sardine can, you know, uh, really struggling to to fit uh, properly in the car. But I guess in my enthusiasm, I thought, nah, like ah, it'll be okay. <laughs> 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 and uh, particularly on the steering was hard because it, it, it those were the days where the steering was underneath the the cockpit, so I had my hands. Hitting the top and 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 hitting my my leg, but I'm like no, I I can do this, <laughs> you know, and uh, w- so we went out, you know, to do a do a an installation lab, went uh, by once, went into cops, and, and there was a bumping cops, and it was wet. Okay, I'm like yeah, no problem. The car just slid a little bit, and I'm like yeah, no worries, you know, little correction, and I I locked my elbows, locked like (laughs) this. I mean, (laughs) 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 and the car just went this very silly slow spin, and and the engine stalled. I'm like, idiot, you know. And uh, and my mind was racing at the time, and I'm like, mm, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And the guys came in, uh, you know, it was just us and the on the track and Alain Prost actually who uh, hadn't started running yet, um, and um, restarted the engine. I came back into the pits and I said, "Look, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to cancel the test." And they looked at me and went, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said, oh, "Look, I, I don't want to crash uh, crash your car, you know, I I, I just." and I will because I can't you know uh, I'm not I can't even move the the steering wheel uh, properly so you know rather than you judge me on crashing the car um I'd rather not um not do anything uh, you know which was uh, kind of a tough position for a whatever 20 something <laughs> rookie <laughs> uh, uh, to take and um so you know a couple phone calls later mm, i'm sitting there thinking <laughs> what's gonna happen uh, i can't remember the guy who was running the test team is is uh it's a, you know uh, a good guy and he came he came in and said look to you know what we're gonna do we can cut the seat and make it you know to uh try to fit you the best the best you can so they went, cut this beautiful seat <laughs> that was perfectly made for the car. And um, so, you know, a couple of tries, oh, a little bit more here, a little bit lesser. So my elbow would fit in inside this this hole between the seat and, uh, and the cockpit. And uh, so we moved the steering about a little bit. Anyway, got to a point that it was reasonable. Um, and they go, you happy? I said, yeah, I th- uh, yeah, I think I am. And you got 15 laps. <laughs> 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 so I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and that was, that was it, you know. I did like three runs of five laps, and, uh, eventually I was on a reasonable uh, pace. To be honest, the car felt amazing, you know. Uh, I had so much grip, even, even in the wet, um, Man, the active suspension was awesome. Uh, I, rem- I remember going, "Yeah, I have a little bit of understeer here." So they go, "Move this button." Took you know one click to the right. Oh, it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it was it was uh, it was uh, it was a great uh, great experience uh, for me.
0: Now d- there was a you obviously had another Formula One test um, f- with footwork, yeah. uh, which which didn't end quite so well. Um, no, it's so probably it's uh, it's yeah, probably exactly. another lesser-known record,
1: actually. <laughs> <It's>, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's you know, uh, it, uh, it's, it was a kind of a a similar story, but it ended up uh, a little bit different, shall we say? Because the Williams sets really ended up on a positive note. You know, uh, my pace relative to pros who I'm sure wasn't trying at all, but anyway, it was comparable, <laughs> um and. Uh, and uh so went uh, to uh estoril and now this is a you know more serious uh, proper test you know was being considered uh for the drive uh, again an active suspension car and but again i had whatever i don't know what my shape is like because you know i'm not certainly the tallest guy around but i really struggled to fit in the car um And the steering was like, felt like it was in my nose. Uh, My legs, my knees were up against the, I don't know, like burger. I I really, I met him a few years ago. Uh, I got to know him a little bit better. I asked, How did you fit in those cars? Um, And he's like, With great difficulty. (laughs) Um, And uh, anyway, I was, again, very uncomfortable uh, in the car. But you know, I guess good enough to to go and drive. And uh, I I did that. I can't remember a few runs about 20 laps. Uh, I was really struggling with uh, um, how do you call it when you have like a muscle your muscle uh, cramp cramps like cramps on my back cramps on my butt <laughs> you know uh, because you my legs were being thrown ab- uh, thrown to the side and and cramps on my wrist believe it or not and i'm like look i i need to i need to get out and I, I need to go to the toilet you know um and uh, so i got out of the car and i was walking between the two trucks you know thinking about how am i going to uh, how am i going to improve how am i going to tackle this and so on uh and smash my head against a belly locker and because I was looking at the ground, <laughs> um, and uh, that was that was the end of the test, you know. It was it was a uh, it was an interesting experience, you know. Unlike the Williams, I didn't really like that car at all. Um, I was reasonably competitive on uh, um, on the slow bits, on the high speed corners, it was just all pain, you know. You sit there oh my back <laughs> <laughs> it was it was all pain and and the formula one car is 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 uh i don't know what they are like now but they were v- they were v- you know what struck me is that they were very violent you know i mean you hit the brakes bah, you know turn the wheel bah, you know
0: uh, very
1: uh it's a v- and, and the ride was always very harsh you know it's, it's a very violent car I, I, and uh, I thought the three thousand car was a very v- kind of violent car, and and that was a step uh, a step further.
0: Now before we get move on to CART, I've got another reader's question here uh, from Entropy, um, saying, "Hi, Jill, uh, did you have an offer for Stuart Grand Prix?"
1: Well, you know, um, as you as I already <laughs> said, well, I always had a great relationship. Uh, with uh, Jackie and Paul um we did have some conversations uh about it um and um but you know at, at the time it's just uh, you know I I I I said that I think a few times in the past I think whether the timing or whether I didn't feel the the opportunity was the right opportunity that ended up never happening, you know, and and uh, it was it was you know the conversations never went much further um, with uh, Jackie and Paul because I think primarily timing, you know, uh, it, I was you know doing my deals in America very early. Um, it's just you know we never took it much further.
2: Do you have any? I know you say you don't like to waste negative you know waste energy with negative thoughts but a lot of the guys you raced i mean you won the british formula three championship yeah. won lots of formula forward races you went formula Th- you're a title contender in yeah. formula 3000 a lot of the guys you raced against went on to become grand prix winners yeah. do you have any regrets that your contribution to formula one was banging your head on a footwork belly locker <laughs>
1: <laughs> in a, in a <laughs> way no simon yeah you know uh in a, in a in a different universe you know god knows what what might have happened but you know, as I look back at my my life and my career, um, and what has happened, um, you know, and when I decided to to retire in in '03, um, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, I ended up uh, winning a lot of uh, races, championships, and you know, uh, the the 500. I think one of the things I'm most proud of is actually driving for Roger. You know, I always place that a lot of value not only in the success on the track but the people you're you're associated with. And uh, uh you know, driving for a f- for a guy like Roger, um it's almost like driving for Ferrari. <laughs> uh you know, his organization and in, in to me not just in Formula One, but in in the world of motorsports I think holds a special place. So I'm like, you know, I'm 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 happy. I I I, I uh, I, I feel like I achieved, <laughs> um, you know, um, I achieved a lot, and uh, so I I don't think that way. The one thing that I would have liked to have done is is race against Michael, um, um, and uh, I always uh, watched him uh, carefully. I never never shared the the track with him and. Uh, I really wanted to, to race against him. I'm sure that would have been very difficult. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, uh, I think I, I enjoyed the uh, challenges like that, and I had a lot of respect and admiration for for his craft and and uh, how he performed. I thought, um, I wish I could have raced against that guy.
2: But not in the footwork, because that would have hurt your back. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> 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 um, t- just before we sort of get onto the to Fontana and the championships, with championships and things. Um, now, your first taste of an IndyCar was through Jim Hall yeah. uh, of CART. Sorry. Um, and that was because teo Fabi couldn't run but you went to go and test the car but you hadn't you just damaged your neck in a testing accident at monza yeah, in formula 3000 It the, uh, seems to be a recurring theme here, uh, doesn't a it? So, you know, 100, 101 ways to, to yeah, ruin a career
1: exactly um uh, yeah we were testing in monza um the 3000 yeah. fighting for the championship before going to enna um because it was the low down track whatever and um you know without any false modesty i was like a second and a half quicker than everyone thinking yeah watch this <laughs> you know you guys have no chance um, so
0: simon and i have absolutely no idea what that feels like yeah exactly <laughs> and
1: uh and uh obviously my ambitions got a little bit too uh, big for my boots breaking into the askada chicane uh because i was going deeper and deeper and deeper and uh, exploring uh different things and lost it on the braking, uh turning left uh to the escala chicane spun and hit in at the time the wall on the left uh had no tires no nothing and literally hit dry concrete head on like bang. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and my head hit the the steering wheel you know and uh, i remember having this immediate headache and i'm thinking uh ah, great you know um so hospital job uh, for already third or fourth time <laughs> you <laughs> know <laughs> lie down you know <laughs> go to the hospital and um yeah uh, i had a concussion and uh uh mild concussion and stretch my whatever the ligaments of my neck or something uh remember going back home sitting on the sofa thinking idiot you know uh with a neck brace and it's like <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> couldn't quite uh, couldn't quite move and uh when the phone qu- there's you know phone rings and this uh different accent i'm like hello joe the fair in there and i'm like yeah did you like my american accent <laughs> and <laughs> you uh he spent long enough there yeah exactly <laughs> and uh anyway so um it turns out to be jim and then to your point he says look tail can't make the test you would like for you to test the car today i would love to you know but i need to ask jackie and and paul and 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 ask permission so yeah no problem when is the test? This is like, you know, this is like a Wednesday. It's like it's Friday. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Uh, So I'm like, oh, I see. (laughs) Obviously no mention of the neck issue. (laughs) Um, And uh, so I called Jackie and uh, who actually linked me up with uh, a doctor as well. Um, And... uh, you know, took some painkillers, and the doctor said, "Look, you're not gonna damage your neck, but it's gonna hurt like hell." <laughs> um, and uh, so, went on, went on to do the, the. I think the, the next, literally the next day, I was in, uh, in, uh, in the plane to go to Midland, Texas. There was a, I've got a question here from uh, Scott Alderson,
0: uh, who's asking wh- what it was like to drive for Jim Hill because he obviously then went on to to drive for him.
1: Yeah, well, it's uh, another recurring theme in my life. You know, I was uh, very lucky to to come across these incredible people. You know, uh, that really made a mark on me as a, as I walked through <laughs> through my through my life, and uh, Jim was certainly one of them. You know, he's. Uh, uh, a very knowledgeable person v- knows a lot about racing, knows a lot about cars knows a lot about uh, like Jackie about you know attitude and how to manage yourself and uh, how to decide things uh, and I really learned a lot from uh, from Jim that way um, he was he really understood well the, the intersection between driving and engineering which which is uh, frankly that's kind of where i lived um as a as a driver um uh, without any false modesty i think that was one thing that i was uh, was d- com- competent at um at, at r- really connecting the, the the two worlds and jim was very much a an expert in this and and, and relating what happens to the car in in engineering terms now, before
0: you uh, before we talk about Fontana and the and the the record, we've had loads of questions about that. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about sort of what happened before you were spotted by Penske, because you had this period after Jim Hall's sponsorship. Um, faded away, uh, you went, went to Derek Walker, and you had, I think, was it five crashes in three weekends or something? Yeah, something and like that. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and you said, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to, say, we, we will focus yeah. on, the, on the highs in a second. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I, you I, like I think, highlighting the good yeah, stuff, <laughs> we'll, talk about, right? we'll talk about highlights in a second. But you, I think you you said that you went away and just had to kind of recalibrate your brain after that, because you weren't you you were you were going about it the right way, but it's, it was yeah. quite, it's amazing to hear that you can kind of step back and actually have that
1: yeah uh, look the the you know um f- won a race in 95 in my first year won a race in 96 in 96 f- i think i finished six in the championship you know uh, uh jim was winding the team down and uh, y- you know and we were competing at some pretty big operations and so you know the expectation was okay here i am i'm gonna fight for the championship <laughs> you know <laughs> um, so i signed with uh with uh derek who ran a had a a, a bigger operation very good sponsorship uh, the team was very well funded uh, with good support from honda um, you know good support from uh, from goodyear um, uh, so it was all right that's it championship challenge <laughs> um and uh you know and i was always uh call it a an attacking sort of uh uh guy you know i i uh, i was most comfortable in the lead you know uh, some some guys love the uh, driving through the fielders In my, my my i was an expert in disappearing <laughs> into the distance um and um uh, and um and that you know i guess that takes a certain um, mindset right so you you're like you know practice one practice you know you're just always attacking um and um and you know so, so again I, I suppose we was trying to do more than what was there uh and making mistakes um, you know, to be fair, I think out of these five crashes and three cars that were destroyed in the meantime, um, they weren't all my fault, but, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they were, Are You sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um,
1: but they were a sequence of, of, you know, things that just kind of, I guess, the, you know, I'm not a particularly mystical person, but it's, uh, it's almost like the universe is trying to talk to you and say, dude you need to shift <laughs> gears here and then look at a different path because this one is it's not going to be good for you um and uh and you have to pay attention to those to those things and and i remember it was long beach um i put the car on pole position on friday uh, because those who did it here friday and saturday and we were so much faster than everybody else on friday that saturday morning actually that crashes on youtube if you guys want to look <laughs> at it um on saturday on uh saturday practice um i went to pass someone on the main street in long beach and there was a car uh that had an engine problem stopped on the right and I was I couldn't see the car because I was behind another car. So w- when I went to the right to pass him, I hit this guy at 170 miles an hour, or something like that, and destroyed the the that car. And but I think the day before I was on pole by whatever a second or something silly like that. Um, and the time held uh, from Friday um i wasn't beaten on uh on saturday because i didn't participate (laughs) in in qualifying um so started the started the race and i'm thinking right i'm this is me off into the off into the distance here and um and uh, we had some problems with the tires we started uh, the tires started to grain um so now the, the Formula One guys that are watching. So we had graining uh, tires <laughs> even back then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the tires started to grain, and I was started to struggle, and uh, had to do sometimes early stops, had to use more fuel to maintain the pace, and and I kept, you know, every pit stop, I just kept going backwards, um, and I'm going getting more and more frustrated than driving you know with less and less margin and uh and eventually i made a mistake and dunk into the tires in turn one and uh, this i think was the fifth crash <laughs> you know uh, and i'm p- i was just like a a knife uh, went through me and i said look I remember I pulled the team together after that, um, and I said, Look, that's it. There will be no more crashes you know <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know it was uh, I, I shifted my my attitude um and we finished second in the in the championship uh, behind uhzelland, I think it was um but it was it was it was again it's I, I guess my life is is never been kind of smooth, you know. you Sort of go 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 go. Something happens. Du-dunk. You 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 mature. You learn something that is remarkable that has this ability to transform you a little bit.
2: You, how did how did the contact with Pensky come about? Because uh, you deal with Penske was announced, I think, in the summer of '99.
1: Yeah. you're going to be joining them the following well, season. Well, I, I guess um, you know um, Walker and and Penske were the two teams on on Goodyear. Um at the time Firestone had a, a competitive advantage. Um and um which kind of started in ninety six and just sort of that 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 competitive advantage uh, advantages kept growing. Um so we're finding more and more difficult to uh to be fighting for championships and wins. I managed to win a race, I think it was ninety eight or ninety nine, I don't remember exactly, but it was kind of a dry period, uh frankly, you know. Um I I you know, would I was doing a lot of tire testing. Um and uh which was actually good for me. So even though the results yeah, I'm sure wouldn't even as good as as Goodyear would have liked or, or what we would have liked. But it was a period that I've I've, I've again I learned a lot. I was doing like uh, you know uh, I think one year I did uh, 75 test days uh, uh it was an enormous amount of driving and um how many accidents uh, not very <laughs> many actually <laughs> <You're joking. laughs> uh, yeah and uh so you know at the end and so throughout this period it was uh, basically penske racing and and uh, walker racing um with the same uh tires and um And I guess I was, you know, we were quite a bit more competitive than them through that period. Um, And, uh, you know, I think Roger, you know, you don't call Roger, Roger calls you, basically. You know, it's interesting these young guys say, oh, how do I get in touch with Roger? (laughs) <laughs> Wait. If just he, if, <laughs> if he's interested in you, he'll call you. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> you know, um, and um, so in in um, early ninety nine, we uh, you know was like look is yes, uh, Rogers trying to get in touch with you, and um, we spoke and did a deal incredibly fast, <laughs> actually.
2: It must have been a very nice feeling that. Roger yeah, it was, it yeah.
1: was. And uh I was hugely impressed by him. Um it's just uh, it's hard to explain, man. It's he's just such a committed person, you know, and clear and determined and you know it's He's an incredible businessman an incredible person and and uh, you talk again of the people you meet through your life and uh, he was another guy that was like wow you know uh, I've learned a lot from uh, from him it was a it was a great feeling to you know at the time where the the Marlboro uh, suit that I guess for Brazilians given Emerson and and uh, and I <laughs> uh, you know past you know you look at yourself in the mirror you go Hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's uh, it was a it was a to your point. It was a, a a nice moment in my life.
0: There were obviously many high points with with Pensky. Yeah. And one of them is the two hundred and forty one point four two six mile an hour lap. Yeah. At Fontana, which, along with bumping our head in the transporter, uh, it's a record <laughs> that's, that still stands to this day. Yeah. We've got, we've had a, quite a few questions about this, but both Miles and Matthew kind of wanted you to sort of talk them through the lap. Um, and Miles added that, uh, sorry, was it Matthew that added, uh, Dario said you buzzed the river limiter coming out of the pits, question mark.
1: Dario's <laughs> <laughs> <he was> lying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, look, um, uh, this is the championship decider. Um, we were fighting, I guess, five other guys, I don't remember exactly um and um and at the time the pole position gave another uh, an extra point um you know and also at the time you could change engines as many times as you like throughout the throughout the weekend uh and Honda was really behind the the engine program um they made a incredible engine uh for for Fontana, it was a qualifying special, so it was a new engine Friday night. you know, put the engine on the car uh go out. you know, I did two runs, I think uh, Saturday morning. I wanted to run more. they're like, "No you're done <laughs> um and uh and the car was really good uh it was you know, I remember coming out of the pits so they they finally put the qualifying map just for qualifying that gave that even a little bit more more power um <laughs> going out of the pits and you could do like four warm-up laps so there was no hurry to uh um to really get up to, s- to speed too fast so it was a real balance between getting the tire pressures to where you wanted, together with the the rubber at the the temperature you 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 wanted without taking the edge off. It was it was a bit of a uh, bit of an art actually uh, to do that properly because we didn't have all the information that the guys had. So you kind of had to do it by feel and experience and and so on. Anyway, the bottom line is I used the typical thing was to start the lap quite slowly, you know, so you didn't burn up your your tires. So I come out of the pits. You know, trying actually not to light them up. um, Or buzzing the rev limiter. Or buzzing (laughs) the rev limiter, exactly. (laughs) And but I remember going uh, very you know slowly, like you drive a road car coming out of the pits uh, in the back I think it was about fourth gear, and the tires are stone cold. Uh, And I'm thinking, maybe I'll go flat now. and the thing just lit up. Like in fourth, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fifth year. Anyway, so we we were just uh, uh, winding up to um, uh, winding up to speed, and uh, you know, and you know, you go in there with the mindset is like, I ain't lifting, <laughs> uh, and and oval uh, racing, particularly qualifying when you have that little bit extra grip from from the tires, it's really a bit of a leap of faith. Um, Because if you use the tires too soon um, to find out if you do have the grip or not, uh, then you're gonna lose a little bit of performance. Um, So you're really sort of building up this picture of how much grip you have, what the balance is like, without complete information. And um, so it's, it's a little bit of a leap of faith. And if you if you lift before to find out, you're too slow. <laughs> uh, so you really have to go, right, it's a commitment thing. I'm, I'm doing it. And if you get in trouble, you got to figure out a way to, to recover. Um, so I went there, the mindset went, you know, op- I remember because I had like on my dash, I knew... I knew the my exit speeds. I remember opening the lap at two thirty nine and coming out of turn four. I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> <laughs> and that was like two miles an hour quicker than i seen the whole weekend. um And uh, going into turn one in Fontana, super bumpy, actually. uh And you know the car was super neutral when you're going and the thing is going like this (laughs) you know really small is is funny because I've seen it on on YouTube as well and you know it looks like it's just stuck but you know in the car you just uh, you know release pressure a little bit more pressure and the car is you know moving around a little bit Uh, but and very neutral, <laughs> you know. Hardly, you know, not uh, I wasn't over steering, I wasn't under steering, I was like, uh, just on on the edge. And the car was so, uh, you know, that we were using the tires so much that I closed the lap slower than when I, when I opened it, you know. Um, so I closed the lap, uh, uh, I exited at 238. Uh, so about a mile an hour slower coming out of turn four than I was to start the lap and um and there was that you know i mean the, the great engine great chassis uh good setup <laughs> you know it was it was a good day now we
0: do we are sort of running slightly short on time with quite a lot to to cover um Obviously, the Indy 500 win, which unsurprisingly was uh, with with carrying an injury. Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> um, so there is a theme here. There is a yeah. theme. Um, you, know,
1: d- you know, I never actually thought about that in that way. I have to be honest with you. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. And there's, we've had quite a few questions about Honda, because obviously you went there yeah. to BAR Honda, the Formula One team. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's one here that I d- is uh, is quite nice, and it's from David who. Said you once. Uh, you once said when you arrived at Honda, you were amazed how good Jensen Button actually was. Yeah. Um And he said, I believe you mentioned his telemetry traces, and we've heard about um, how he drives with no overlap and how silky smooth his inputs are. Could you please elaborate um and about his uh, talent? Uh,
1: what impressed me about Jensen was just great feel. You know, really, really good feel for for grip. You know, he could get to the edge very quickly. You know, or and readjust himself very, very quickly and and, and, and very precisely. Uh, so, so I was very uh, impressed about that. I, I remember a few situations. I think it was qualifying in Silverstone in 06 or something when I think he did the first run. And he was okay, you know, it was an okay run. And the second run, he just... He just just his input to almost to perfection, you know. I think that that he got the balance a little bit better to how he wanted, and uh, and I'm like, wow, you know, he never overdid it, he never underdid it, he wasn't conservative, he was he was just you know the mix was just right, and and he can only do that if you have tremendous feel um i think for the amount of grip for how the car is handling um and so on so i was uh, i was very impressed by by that jensen um i'm a very good driver
2: so you had a management role in formula 1 with yeah. with with honda you had your own sports car team in america yeah. which was successful yeah. you're now got a management role with mclaren yeah so you've you've done both sides Wh- which do you feel Carries more pressure, the driving bit or the management bit? Um.
1: I can't answer your question because or I do don't th- injured th- less. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah probably. I, I, yeah, I don't think of the world in terms of pressure. Um, that's why I have difficulty um, answering your your questions, Simon. I, you know, in a way, I I I wanted this life. You know, I put myself in this in this uh, situation um and um so it, it goes back to the negativity uh conversation that that we were talking about yeah there's a lot of stake yeah if i fail in whichever role then that can be painful for me and 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 for others uh by the way you know um so so you can say that 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 that's uh uh, you know a, a, a pressure you know that the failure could uh, you know affect your future prospects but then again it always does but then again what's your option your option is not to put yourself in that situation by not taking chances by not experimenting the world by not putting yourself out there you know uh because and then yeah you won't feel that pressure. You f- you won't experience the possibility of failure, um, which is ever present. Uh, it's uh, the possibility of failure is always there if you choose for it to be there. I can sit at home <laughs> <laughs> um, and 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 not f- not feel uh, not feel that. So I always. You know, whether in the management role, whether as a as a as a as a driver, um, I kind of developed this this view. You know that I'm like, well, well I'm 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 here because I uh, I want to be. I'll, I'll, I I I want to be in the in the fire. It makes me feel alive. Yes, I can feel. Yes, yes, it can all go seriously wrong. <laughs> you know, and yes, this can seriously affect my my present and my future. But that's what I want. You know, I want to be in that in that position.
2: Do you get? Th- we're we're talking just a few days after the French Grand Prix, in which McLaren had a good weekend. Yeah. both cars qualified in the top six. Carlos Sainz finished sixth, and given recent results, that's is a clear step in this, the right direction. Do you get the same buzz out of success or relative relative success? in your management role as you as you had as a driver or is it a completely different experience
1: it's, it's a completely different experience you know uh i don't know about you but as as i'm getting older i've never been <laughs> successful so <laughs> i would never clue. No, no no you have been <laughs> successful don't say that <laughs> um uh, as i'm getting older i'm, I'm i find myself experiencing different feelings you know uh like uh, you know i have uh, a great F- uh, great feeling of seeing somebody else uh succeed uh being with my 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 own kids you know being with some of my loved uh relatives or even with my team you know so when you when you see other people uh you know which you had a hand in 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 organizing in mentoring and educating um so on and so forth achieves success. I, I'm I'm as I don't know, as I'm getting older I'm I experience a lot of joy from that. Um is it the same as the joy of driving a racing car? Is it the same as the joy of uh, uh winning a competition? Uh no. It's a completely different feeling. But it's uh, b- but then again I sit here today and I think I uh, I d I don't think think i i have the same fire that i had when i was driving you know full time i i, I did, you know that that burning desire is not there so i don't know i'm seeing myself sort of uh transforming through life that 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 desire to sit in a car and really take it to the absolute mi- limit come what may <laughs> um so uh, I don't have that desire anymore. So I, because I don't have that desire, I don't experience the feeling of loss. You know, oh, I wish it was me driving that that car. You know, I I get my my kicks in a in a different way now.
0: Now but before we finish, I d- d- we obviously d- it'd be great to talk about Alonso Indy, and you s- you mentored him when he d- when he first went there. Um, there's a it's a two-parted question. Anthony Jenkins. Uh, Wants to, uh, wants to talk, obviously, about Alonso. But he asked whether would you agree whether Alonso is currently the best driver on the planet. Um, there was the huge success of his first time at Indy, uh, well, comparatively. And then I'd like to add a second part to the question of of what happens. What happened this year? Where d- where did it all go wrong? Yeah, well,
1: uh, <laughs> a lot went wrong. <laughs> I'll start with the negative first. Uh, you know, uh, look, in the end of the days, our fault. You know, we, we didn't. Uh, prepare ourselves uh, well enough uh we didn't execute well enough and uh at uh, indianapolis you, you pay the price you know we we certainly learned uh, uh a lot of lessons and uh some uh, incredibly uh painful lessons you know we expose ourselves to to failure by wanting to be there by by putting ourselves in the, in that in that position you know uh, and and trying to meet a, a very difficult challenge and we failed you know and uh, and it was painful um and uh, we we move on <laughs> uh we we t- we absorb those lessons and uh we try not to uh, to repeat them and uh if if we ever go back which i hope we will um We'll try to tackle that the challenge in uh, in with those uh, lessons in in mind, and you know now to the positive, <laughs> you know the second part of your your um, well the first part of your question uh, regarding Fernando. Look, uh, I mean the guy is <laughs> is, is uh, I think he's one of the best drivers that's ever lived, uh, frankly um i mean it's odd to know because you know i, I wasn't around when people like jim clark and the fungi were, were were racing or even uh jackie uh who actually have you been in the car with jackie or not no i haven't oh my god <laughs> it's, it's 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 an experience that is like in a different planet um But but anyway, uh, back to Fernando. I mean, the guy is just, uh, you know, again, incredible feel. Uh, Just it's that combination of intelligence, talent, determination, knowledge, experience, everything into one. I always say. You know, sometimes these young guys go, oh, but I'm really fast. I said, congratulations, you reach level number, you know. <laughs> you you have one ingredient out of a hundred <laughs> that you need uh, to be a successful racing driver, you know. Uh, oh, I miss a big one, emotional control. Um, you know, and, and a guy like Fernando, I mean, he scores, you know, a nine and a half or 10 out of 10 on... All of these hundred ingredients. You know how do you deal with the team? How do you set up a car? How do you control your own emotions under different circumstances? I mean, the, the guy is 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 is, um, is incredible. I mean, is, I've I, I've seen him do things in a, in a racing car. <laughs> you know, there's sometimes that you know if you watch it on TV and stuff, you can't you can't uh, you can't appreciate it. You know um but you see things that you go and i'm a little bit arrogant right Uh, i thought i was good (laughs) and i go (coughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) that was pretty impressive (laughs) are there there any examples of
0: of yeah look
1: i i think one uh, you know that that i don't mind mentioning that that comes to mind was uh, monaco last year in qualifying um, so uh, you know we were having a difficult weekend. We had a mechanical failure in FP1, then had another problem in FP2. You know I can don't don't re- rem- don't ask me for specifics because I really have a hard time remembering a lot of these things correctly. But anyway, it had been a very difficult weekend. Um, and FP3, who was struggling with the balance of the car. Um, and uh, we go to we go to qualifying. And uh, we literally changed the whole car, right? Mm-hmm. Floor, from wing, you know, f- springs, you name it. You know, what I mean? uh, you know uh, it was it was a wholesale change based on on it. So it wasn't like a roll of the dice, but based on the data, then the guys were looking at an experience that they concluded. Okay, we need to go put the car in here, and uh, you know, and. Uh like normal you know your first lap is is your best lap um so you're going into qualifying now with you know less fuel more engine completely different car track has changed <laughs> uh from fp3 to uh, to quali, and he goes out and you know and, and it's a street circuit so in a street circuit, you can't just run wide, right? So uh, I, I overdid it. I run wide, and in a street circuit, if you run wide, you're in the fence. Uh, and Monaco has some has some pretty fast uh, corners that you really have to commit. And in the f- and and by the way, same problem with the tires, right? So you can't really use up the tires before you start the lap because you got to be careful with temperature and so on and so forth um anyway he goes to qualify and and uh, i use i usually watch it by looking at the telemetry overlay so i know what the fastest lap he did before and he nails every corner <laughs> you know uh like miles faster than he had been throughout the weekend including like very you know committed corners like Tabac. Um which is like a I think one down shift and straight back on the on on the throttle. Um and I'm sitting there going I guess you didn't need to get used to that did you? <laughs> <laughs> and and that and that and that lap was good enough I think to put him you know uh, it would have been I don't remember exactly, but it would have been good enough to be, you know for him to go forward. I think he eventually went to Q three. Uh, in, that, in that particular race, so, but it, it, the, you know the rest of qualifying was impressive, but not as impressive that that first lap <laughs> because given the circumstances that uh, we arrived there.
0: Well, Joe, one thing he hasn't uh, done is win the Indy 500. No. Um, yeah. it, it has been an absolutely wonderful hour and a bit. I'm sorry we've, we've kept you for longer than we probably should have. No, no, um, it's been a, been a pleasure. Can, yeah, can I just
2: have one last question? Absolutely, yeah, Simon, yeah. yeah. Did you ever finish your university degree?
1: I never did finish <laughs> my university <laughs> <laughs> degree. Well, that makes <laughs> two of <us>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's no, good. <laughs> I never did. And, and actually, I you. Uh, you know, I, to be honest, I loved engineering. I was one of those guys that uh, always uh, w- I wanted to be an engineer uh so these days and I and i uh, after university yeah. i'm uh, i'm a reader you know i like studying things and so on so i i try to educate myself as much as i could you know um but i'm not uh, um, a full-blown graduate uh <laughs> engineer and uh there's still time though yeah you there's know uh, there's still time <laughs>
0: Brilliant. Thank you so thank much you. for joining thank us. You. Simon, yes, thank great. you. Thank you to Adam Pleasure. as well for, for recording it all. Uh, we will see you all next month when we do a podcast with Sir Chris Hoy. We'll see you then. Thank you very much for listening and for watching. Bye-bye.